This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged episode. I have no idea. But before we before we get going, I'd like to give a shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, go over, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $450 off and they'll take really good care of you. Um, oh, before I forget too, if you like this podcast, go over and check out some of our other ones like High School Hoops, Coaching Youth Hoops, 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast. If you're looking for that one defense that will work against anybody, the Funnel Down Defense Podcast, you know, the Rule of Three offense that will work at any level, go over and check those out. Leave a five-star review. We would like those. But also go over and check out teachhoops.com. For coaches who want to get better, it's a one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It's resources. It's everything. It's what I, it's what I would have wanted as a 27-year-old basketball coach. It's a roadmap to success uh, on and off the court. And we offer a 14-day free trial because I'm a coach. I understand how it goes. Go over and check it out. Kick it, kick the tires around. See if it's for you. And if it's not, we'll part our ways and we'll say thank you and and move on. But I I guarantee you're going to love all the material. And the material we're always putting in um, teachhoops.com. But anyway, have a great day, everybody. And let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplug. All right. So, Jen, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Okay. Um, and kind of tell us, I want what I, the, usually the way I start these podcasts out, I'm going to change my screen here. So I'm not like, there we go. Um, and uh, just tell us your journey of where you are right now. So what I, you know, when wow. I, when I do these, yep. So what I do is I, I turn it over to my guests in the first five minutes and I just basically want you to tell me kind of how your journey started in sports and okay. then what happened and then how you ended up where you are right now talking to us. Um, it's, a, it's a good story. You got, <laughs> you want to go deep? I do want to go deep because <laughs> okay. I think the listeners love this kind of stuff and then we'll dive into the world we're living in right now with COVID-19 and literally I feel like I'm in a movie. I mean, yeah. I swear to God, I feel like I'm in a movie. 
don't watch the movie Contagion if you haven't seen it yet. Don't watch it because it's literally it it's predicting. It's Matt Damon's in it. Predicted in 2011 what's happening right now. It's crazy. So I, I um, will tell you that my my story actually integrates with what's going on with COVID right now in a weird way, way more than I could possibly imagine. So it's kind of it's okay. gonna be fun. Okay. okay? All right, you want to dig in? Okay. Yeah. So I grew I grew up in Texas. Um, I played softball. That was my primary sport. I wanted to play softball in college. I actually had two dreams. Dream number one, being on a team that could compete in the Women's College World Series because every athlete wants to go to the biggest stage, and that's the yep. biggest stage in that sport. And the other dream was to make movies. I remember in middle school, which I had already been doing stuff with the camera. Remember like the big old, like high eight, like the old. Oh, trust me. The the coaches that are listening to this, the old coaches remember that I used to have two VCRs and like videotape and oh yeah, I remember that. Go to Blockbuster. That that will tell you how old you are. You can remember a Blockbuster. I remember, of course. So I, I mean, I was playing with those cameras when I, before I was even in school, like when I was really right. little. So, so I wanted to make movies and I specifically remember, this is crazy, uh, probably 11 years old saying, I don't know why, but I know that I need to learn how to make movies because I believe something will happen in my life and I'm going to need that skill set to be able to document what's happening. Right. And I remember like knowing that at a young age and I was like, I don't know what it's going to be, but I got to learn that skill set. And so throughout high school, I was the kid that was doing sports, but also in theater and in media technology and choir and all the other. It's like my son. Stuff. He's so my, my yeah. son's like that. He's like a jock kid, but he's like, he's downstairs right now working on a website for me. And then he's loved, he had a yeah. YouTube channel. I mean, that's the great, but editing was a lot harder back when in that era. Yeah, your computer would crash every two minutes. And <laughs> you, I remember like you know, you'd fast forward and you rewind to edit originally. Yes, it <laughs> so was horrible. I now know. I use an app on my phone and it takes it two like, seconds. I know, it's awesome. <laughs> so so that was the big thing. I remember, I remember going to, to softball practice or softball games in my old person makeup, you know, that I wore on stage shows. So um, right. back and forth. So um, I worked really hard. I wanted to get the Division One scholarship. Everybody told me I wasn't good enough, strong enough, fast enough. You know the story. Um, I worked really hard to build the relationships. I was very lucky that my dad was my coach and he didn't really have a big sports background. But what he did do was he decided to invest in himself as a coach. So he joined uh, you know, the NFCA, which is the, the coaches association in softball. And, um, and I got to go with him to all the coaches clinics. So I would sit outside the doors while he was learning and listen. And right. the, the director would come shoo me off. <laughs> like, right. go, go. So I was introduced to high level coaching and strategy very, very young. Um, and that was a lot of fun. He'd bring back the big notebooks. We talk about it. So I got the scholarship to my dream school in New York City. Um, and what and school what, was that? Uh, it was well, well, it was Long Island University in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, and then uh, so I, I get there, and I thought, like most athletes, when you finally get there, that's when you deserve to be confident, right? That's when you're like, oh my gosh, I made it. <laughs> um, but you're as a freshman. most yeah. freshmen, yeah, yeah, but you're a freshman, and you're looking around, and you start realizing like, oh man, these other girls are from California and they're stronger and they're faster and they've played tougher competition than I have. And you see the sophomore, you know, person who plays your position ahead of you. And, and I was so focused on the things that I wanted to do. And then I got into this new environment and I was pretty sheltered growing up, right? Like I was right. a good kid. I was always scared to get in trouble. <laughs> I just did what I did. I mean, get to- that's a big step. I don't care what any kid, because I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I've spent a, a fair amount of time in New York city that's a whole different world. That's like flying to Mars. It's like, freedom, man. <laughs> I mean, freedom. it yeah. is like if you want waffles, like in the normal world, if you want waffles at 3 a.m., 
you can find waffles at 3am you can yes. find you can do anything you want 24 7 in new york it's it's a there's no world there's no place like it i mean there really isn't so if you're at all sheltered and you go to new york whoa you're like whoa yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I was, it was a great opportunity. Like I, I loved it there. I fell in love with the school, incredible coaching staff. Um, and I started comparing myself to my teammates and they're going out and they're partying and they're doing what college kids do. Right. And, uh, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't know if I'm going to get the, I don't know. I just wanted to be like everybody else. So while they were going out and celebrating a 21st birthday, I stayed in the dorms. I had some drinks and I was sexually assaulted in the dorms by, um, three guys on one of the other teams. And I, I, my life is amazing today. So like, I don't right. tell this story. I don't tell a story to like, for people to feel bad about me. It's something that happens a lot, especially in female sports. Um, it's it very, very common. a lot on college campuses. Happens a lot in college campuses. You're absolutely, it happens a lot, period. Right. Period. So, yes. but, but what happened for me in that moment was, um, you know, I, I ended up going to the police and we went through the whole thing. And then mm -hmm. eventually when I called my parents, they're like, Jen, we love you, but we don't think you're safe. We think you should come home. So right, right at the beginning, like February, March of the season, when my teammates were flying to Florida to kick off their season, I flew home. And the worst part about that wasn't that, you know, I lost, I lost the scholarship or that I lost the dream of living in New York city. The hardest part was I lost my identity. Right. And, I'm, and I thought, I'm like, well, if, if what, made me deserve to be feel valuable and be confident was I got the scholarship that I'd worked so hard for and now I'm home and I didn't feel like I could really tell people why I was like oh you couldn't cut it in the big city or right. whatever the story was um and so I, I started living my life through social media like through Facebook um so I started like I was obsessed with trying to prove that this was happening to other people I like dug into this this dark hole it was not good I did start coaching a, a softball team that summer and that really helped me like have purpose that summer and then luckily I had kept really great relationships with other coaches and I was able to get a scholarship to my second choice school in Georgia. So I ended up transferring. I went and played another season. Um, at the end of that season, I mean, we had a really successful season. I went from being a catcher at my first school to being a pitcher, which was wow. really unique. So go, before we go further on that, yeah. what do you think drew you to the social media? Cause, um, because yeah, I always say, I, I say, I say comparison is a thief of joy mm -hmm. and Social media does that. It's all about comparison, yeah, for the most part, and well, I, you know, and that's what that's what worries. I, I always tell my kids, my students, and my kids that live in this house. I said, "Thief, the comparison's a thief of joy. You have to be you. Don't let all that stuff is that's pretend, um, and that's perfect world. That's not the way we we live. But how? What do you think drew you into that? So I I feel like I have a very different view on social media today, but at that time. Uh, what drew me in at that time was one, I didn't have any friends when I went back home. I had no social outlets, right? All my friends are at college, they're in school, they're competing. Um, I didn't want to go out. I didn't know what else to do with my life. So that, and I was also trying to build a case for a court case. So I'm like taking screenshots. And I'm right. like trying to, I'm like stalking, basically trying to prove like this case thing. So, and then as I got into it, like it, you know, social media is addictive. This was back in 2007, 2008. Facebook was still relatively brand new. It's right. nothing like it is today. Um, but I think that the just, I was looking for a social, I was looking for connection because yeah. I didn't okay. have it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I was really lucky. Transferred schools. Great season. Um, 
great coach, gave me the opportunity. And uh, at the end of the season, she's like, we want you to come back next year. It's all paid for. I, I pick up the phone and call my parents like, Jen, we both lost our jobs. This is 2008, you know, bubble, all that stuff. Oh my God. It was and, 2008. I forgot yep. about 2008. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I call my parents and we both lost our jobs. I'm like, you know what? I want to start a business anyway. I knew I wanted to do, uh, have a production company. And at that point I had taken six months out of school. So I right. knew that for me, what I was learning in school was so far out of date. I had this gut feeling then at that year, I was like, something's changing in education. Pretty soon people are going to want their education on demand at home. They're going to be on the go. They're going to want more freedom and flexibility. I said, this wave is coming and I want to be on it ahead of it. Um, and so I dreamed up this really cool vision of basically an online type classroom where kids could connect. And it was, this, I wrote this whole paper on it. It was really cool. So fast forward, I started a business. I was doing social media marketing for small business owners because at 21, what else were business owners going to listen to me on? Um, and I was doing pretty good. Right. I had, I had a mentor or coach at the time. And were you still going to school or not? No, I dropped out completely. I did not okay. go back. Okay. Um, so after two, two years, I, I started my business. I started investing in business coaching. So, um, one of my business coaches who will come back into the story later, um, his name's Mike and, and Mike's like, Jen, you should teach people Facebook marketing. And so I started doing that and I'm successful at it, but I was frustrated because I'm like, I could do this for other people, you know, cause I had the video background, make videos right. and all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't for me. And so, so I'm like, you know what? The yeah. only skill I have, the only skill I have in the world other than this video and the social media stuff is softball. So I started a Facebook page called fast pitch fit. I grew it to 10,000 uh, fans on the first 30 days, um, ultimately grew that to next 30,000. And this was early. Like that was a lot back then, <laughs> right? Now yeah, it's not. It's, now yeah. it's like, that's easy. But back, it was real. It was like, if I shared something, people would interact with me. I had a real community um, there. And so originally it was to help athletes be able to build the, the toughness that I wish I had had, the confidence I wish I had had in school and to prepare them for the things I wish I had known. Right. And at the same time, I'm going on this journey. I'm meeting all these really cool mental performance coaches, these high performance coaches. I'm hanging out with elite level coaches and athletes and I'm learning from them and everything I'm learning from them, I'm parroting back to the people I lead. Um, as I go forward, I end up going on a tour. I start speaking. People start showing up to hear me speak. The very first presentation I gave was two days after Thanksgiving, one week's notice, 100 kids fill the room. I'm like, this is crazy. And they're like, oh right. my gosh, Coach Jen's coming to town. I'm like, I, I didn't know that that was a thing. Right. Um, so in my little niche, I had become popular with these people I was reaching because they were watching my videos and they felt like they knew me, which was so cool. But I wasn't, I wasn't good at what I was doing then. Um, right. I was teaching confidence hacks. And what I know now is a hack is a short-term Band-Aid fix. It doesn't actually build the toughness and the resilience that athletes need and to what do get you mean through by times like this. Yeah, a hack. It's like, okay, um, I can show you um, how to change the – I'll give you a specific story, okay? okay. So later on, um, one of the girls joined my mental performance program, and her dad signed her up because she had had an injury, and he was scared – she was a basketball player, actually. She had had an injury, and he was scared she was never going to work out again. Like, she was right. terrified to go hurt her knee, and so right. she just wasn't working out. I've seen that, yeah. So she gets on the phone with me. One of our first phases is to take care of the thing that's bleeding, basically. Like, we got to take care right. of this before we can go to high performance. we got to get you out of being under the water. Right. So I ask her a couple questions, give her one thing to focus on. She goes, she does the thing. She comes back a week later and she goes, guess what, Coach Jen? I don't need your program anymore. I'm like, that's awesome. Tell me why. And she's like, well, I realized that I don't, I, I motivated myself. I'm working out again and life is good. 
The problem with that is she doesn't understand how she got there in the first place. She doesn't really understand the process to get her out. So in the future, when she goes back, she couldn't reiterate it to me. Right. And so a lot of, a lot of coaches that are good at teaching mental performance skills, it's like they don't, they don't teach the thinking behind it. Right. And so I can tell you about visualization or about body language or about self-talk or about how to ask better questions. I can teach these concepts, but if the athlete doesn't understand when, when to use the tool, why to use the tool, the right. thought process to create it and to sharpen the ax, it doesn't actually work. Right. And so that was kind like, of what I was doing. Before. Right. I got a drill in my garage. doesn't mean I know how to use it 99% of the time. Exactly. <laughs> Usually it's a really expensive screwdriver, to be honest with you, but yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's like there's, there's physical tools like yes. your shoes and, and yeah. you know, stuff you use and yeah. then there's mental tools. mental tools and just because i have the just because i have the tool doesn't mean i have the skill and okay. so so when i teach mental performance now it's about developing the skill not just giving tools right um and and giving the time and the space and so i'm very careful in how the deliver how delivery happens now um because otherwise it's like you you've probably done this in basketball most coaches have it's like you teach the drill they think they understand it. And you go back and like, that form is horrible. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like they don't understand the mechanics. There has to be a correlation between the drill and what you're trying to teach though. Yes. Too. And that's well, the, that's what most people don't do. They'll just see, Oh, coach K runs this drill. Great. Why are you running? No one asks why basically like, yeah, yeah no coaches one do that. Coaches do that all the time, right? Like, Oh, I see this person do the drill, but then they do it without the purpose. Right. They don't understand. There's no reason. Yeah. Why are you shooting threes when your team doesn't mm -hmm. shoot threes? It's silly. Why are you doing, there's no, they don't, I mean, literally I, why, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why? Why uh, was that? Simon, who wrote that book? Ask why. But anyway, it's a great book. Simon Sinek, yeah. Yeah, Simon Sinek, great yeah. book. But uh, everything I do, I ask. I mean, you have to ask. Why are you doing it? Why are you like, doing that? Yep. There, there should be a reason behind it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's. If you don't understand the why, then you go through the motions. This happens in mental performance all the time. People are like, well, how do I teach my kids to be tough? <laughs> it's like work you, harder. I hate when, I hate when coaches say that. Work harder. Work harder. Yeah. And 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 another one that always gets to me and that I've worked on in my coaching over the years is, you know, we all say we want leaders, but kids don't know how to lead. You have to teach them how to lead. Like yeah. you have to tell them what a leader does, and, and then give them opportunities does. to do it and do it, and give them <laughs> yeah. examples of it, and then yeah. show them. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, we all need leaders, but it. A 17 year old doesn't know how to lead unless you tell them what a leader does. And, you know, a leader worries about others rather than themselves and all the stuff that a leader does. You have to show them how it works and then give them examples and then let them try it. Otherwise, it won't work. But yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. So, so we're, I'm at the point, I'm on tour, right? I'm speaking, I'm teaching the stuff. How old and are then you at this point? I started at 23. Okay. 23 is when I started, okay. probably. 
um, well, I had been doing like private lessons and, and basically before that, even when I was 20, I was working with athletes, teaching them the tools I was learning, but I was experimenting, right? I was, I was giving the private lessons. I'm like, okay, let's try to teach anchoring. Let's see how this works. Let's, let's talk about visualization. So I was like building my toolkit with kids individually before I ever started going on the road. Well, you, and first of all, my, I mean, I've run tons of businesses. My brother runs a, a business that's worth more than any human being. Anyway, it matter, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and he, but he had a lot of businesses that failed too, or he had a pivot on them. Yeah. That's what the thing is. What people don't realize that where you are now, you weren't, you didn't get there in a straight line. It was a zigzag, probably. A lot of a, zigzags. And a lot of pivoting and a lot of experimentation. Yes. It's similar to the coaches are listening. It's not a straight line. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pivots. And it's well, the same. I, in the, yeah. A lot of pivots. We just pivoted. We just pivoted in the last three weeks. Right. <laughs> right. Know, or last couple of months. I know. Well, goes full circle. So, so the cool thing was I was teaching what I, I've been teaching what I do with athletes to business professionals, to corporate America, right. to people in the business world, because teaching sales is just like teaching a kid how to hit. Like yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's mental. And so when you teach leadership, it's leadership, it's high performance, it's high performance. And it doesn't matter if I'm talking to kids or if I'm talking to coaches or if I'm talking to fortune 500, you know, right. CEOs, it's right. the same. It is. This is my heart. And I think this is where we can have the most leverage Right. Um, as far as the future is concerned. So, so anyway, how did I get here to where I'm speaking to you now? I think over the last, you know, I, I was working really hard on the mental performance stuff. We built programs for, for athletes and coaches and organizations so we could serve the individual, the team, and then the organization as a whole. And then, um, and then obviously when this whole COVID thing happened, I just decided to triple down in this space because I felt like this is a space where I could make the most amount of impact the fastest with the tools and the resources I had. Yeah, I agree. I mean, basically, that, that's what I've been telling you. You basically hit on what I've been telling all the coaches is there's basically three things you should be worried about right now. You should be worried about the players. You should be worried about you as a coach, <laughs> yep. and you should be worried about your team and how you connect those three over the next. And it, like we were talking about before, it's not necessarily the X's and O's, mm -mm. but it's the other parts that you have to connect those three. And I'm struggling right now because I'm a very like I I'm a relationship guy. I'm a, you know I, I I know my exes. I don't worry about that part of it. I'm I'm worried about the relationship. I'm not. It's really hard for me now because I'm not seeing my guys. I'm not building that relationship with them because um, it's harder over this. This is harder. It is. Um, it is. It is harder. And it's. But the other thing is, is it depends on your demographic, right? The younger kids, they don't even really know the difference. They communicate technology wise, even when they're not with their friends in person. Right. I, right. I jo I, I've been joking about this word socially distant and they don't mean socially distant. They mean physically distant because you've been physically next to somebody and been socially distant. Right. <laughs> you know? it's so, true. so it is, it is more challenging. This generation, this, this would, I'd, I'd be intrigued. This generation is learning something though. And I think my 18 year old who's going off to college learned this he's finding out that he's not as connected as he thought he was in the sense that he is connected but he's not really connected that yeah. you need that physical presence you need that face to face you need the eye contact the nonverbal, all those things that you you lose in a zoom call or snapchat or yes um so i think this generation's gonna it's going to be an interesting shift over the next 20 years, I think. Yes. Because um, they've experienced something that it's almost like people are calling each other on the phone more than they're texting now. 
They are. Or FaceTiming. Yeah, but yeah, right. they are. You They're know what I mean? It's like, anymore. I've always thought, and I don't know this is a side note, but I've always thought it was funny that we, we had the telegraph and then we had the telephone and then we went back to the tele, I mean, like. <laughs> the telegraph, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's just weird how it's like, if, you know, you can talk to people on the phone, but anyway, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I mean, it's not just kids. It's adults that don't like talking to people on the phone too. I know. It's you know? like, there's yeah. just a tone you get with, anyway. Yeah. Don't get me started. But yeah, so 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 explain where your business went. So you were twenty three, twenty four. Then yeah. what? Like, um, so you know, I was I was doing kind of two things. I was working in the business world. And I was working in the sports world. And, okay. Um and and what were the pluses and minuses between those two? I mean, there's a lot more money in the business world, right? It's a lot. <laughs> that's the easy answer, that's especially true. especially when you don't when you're not an expert, right? When you don't know how to market, when you don't know how, because I could be the best mental performance coach, but if people don't understand what I do, it doesn't matter. And most people still don't understand, right? Until right. we really have a conversation, they experience it. It's hard, and so because people come to me thinking mental game is like, oh, they know what to do in what situation. Still today, right? Um, and so or they think it's like counseling, or they, they there's all these different um beliefs around it. So on the business side, you know, it's great because I can, here, here's a very perfect example. I was doing a coach's clinic in Florida last summer. And so it was the top, there was like half college coaches, half travel coaches there. And I taught a, um, I taught this trick that I usually use with athletes about understanding how your mind works to make tiny shifts by what you're focusing on. It's a very simple tool technique. And I use it at the beginning of almost every presentation I do because it immediately gets the kids going, whoa, what do you have to say next? It, it creates buy-in right, right off the get-go. I teach it in this room. Now, sometimes coaches are like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. This one guy, he applies the same thing with his team at a hospital where he works. He comes back. He calls me two weeks later. He says, did you know over the last two weeks, we increased our daily, uh, our daily uh, income for our department $8,000 a day? A million dollars plus a year by taking this little simple tool that I taught and increased ROI, like how much his business could bring in like this. Now, right. that's just as, a, as powerful as a tool for an individual when they get it. It was something I learned when I was 12 and I teach right. it all the time. But, but some people look at it and like, okay, I, I kind of get it. And then it's like the right person gets it and they apply it immediately and it changes so much. It does. So, so it's kind of like leverage. It, with kids, I love sports because you're able to give them a tool and they can see it immediately on the field. So they see it working. Right. Um, versus when you're just teaching general, like parents, they don't always have something to apply it to. Um, in business, you have something to apply it to. So, you know, with kids, it's just fun because when you, especially when you're working with kids 13 and under, they, their brains are developed in such a way where you know that thing the, the story that they're writing in their mind then is like writing the programming for how they're going to address challenge in the future. So, right. I love that 11 to 13 age because they take things on so fast. Um, so it's like you can move so quick, so quick. I have 11 and 13 year olds that speak with higher IQ, <laughs> with higher EQ, really right. higher EQ uh, about how they speak about their relationships than most adults that I get to right. speak with um, just because they're tapped in. Right. And they figure, yeah, yeah. And, and there's also buy-in a little bit too. Sometimes these business guys don't necessarily love what they're doing. <laughs> These kids necessarily love what they're there's doing. There's less ego, right? There's less yeah, ego with kids ego. in general. So there's yeah. that, right? Okay. So what, what, let's talk about what's going on right now. So what would you tell the coaches that are listening right now? Like what, what's, what's the issues you see going on? Okay. So this is the feedback I'm getting from coaches right now. I'll tell you what I think it is and then what I think, think or what people tell me they think it is. Okay. So as soon as this whole thing happened, my biggest concern 
was not the virus. It was the fear that would be instilled because of the virus, which now we're seeing play out. So what I mean by that, I call it the mind virus, is now people are scared of each other. Parents are stressed out. So parents are home with their kids because they're, they're watching the news. They're concerned about health or finances. Mm -hmm. um, so now these kids are isolated in, a, in an environment away from their friends, away from all structure. They're not um, in their same routines. We know that the best way for them to reduce stress is to work out, to be with their teams. It's just like when a kid goes through an injury and now they're not practicing with their teams because they're hurt. They're right. not in their normal routines. And what or happens it was when take, kids... Or it was totally taken away from them. Like spring athletes in high school, boom, gone. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This, this immense amount of grief. Right. Immense, immense. immense. And, and, and I can completely relate to that because of what happened to me in college, right? Right. 100%. It was taken away like that. Right. And, what, and I know what I did. And I know how my brain processed that in that period. And it wasn't happening to the rest of the world. It was just happening to me. Right. I can't right. imagine what it's like when it's happening to the rest of the world around you, right? <laughs> like right. at that age, and you don't have the tools to be able to even communicate what you're feeling. Um, I, I, so, so I think there's a fear of, and I don't know, I, having the discussion with my guys, I think the unknown is worse. I think that w what happened on September 11th was terrible and it happened and a lot of people died and a lot of people died after that, you know, um, but it was, we kind of, you kind of knew the battle you were fighting mm -hmm. <laughs> at that point, quote unquote. Um, this is, I think the unknown is the scary part. At least Here's that's the sense I'm getting from when is this going to quote unquote be normal again? Yeah. When is, when are we going to like be able to play? When am I going to be able to see? I mean, I don't have an answer. So very rarely in life do you not maybe see the end like that. And I think there's, that's, yeah, they don't feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And then people keep promising that the light is coming sooner than it really is. Right. So I've been talking about the stock, the Stockdale uh, principle recently where it's like the guys are out, they're in the military and some people are like, Oh, we're going to make it home by Christmas. We're going to make it home by Easter. We're going to make it home by, you know, 4th of July. And right. when that doesn't happen, the people that have that expectation, they die of a broken heart. They don't make it home because they're just, they right. lose hope. Right. They lose hope. And I've got, I see parents right now on social media. They're like, we're going to play by May 10th. We're going to play by May 15th. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're telling your kids, but then they're like, well, now they're heartbroken because they just found out their season was canceled. I'm like, how did they just find out their season right. was canceled? Right. 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 Like, well, I'll tell you the thing is that uh, we, we have the mental challenge right now because my son just graduated and he's going off the Middlebury oh, yeah. coast and we're trying to figure out like, are you going to school or are you not going to school? Like, yeah. you know, um, he runs his own business too. So there's a little bit of crossover between you and him and cool. he runs a shoe business and it's like, well, you're going to take a year off. I have no problem if you take a year. I mean, it's like, there's all these questions I think that they're struggling with. That's a motivational thing too. I think a hundred percent motivation. And we talk about what the, re the reason why is there's three things that create motivation. The first is autonomy or feeling like I have freedom, which right, right now they don't feel like they have because they mm -hmm. can't go anywhere. The second thing is the idea of growth or mastery. Well, I can't see that I'm improving because I have nothing to compete myself or to, to, I have no scoreboard unless I create one myself. Right. And, and the third thing is purpose or feeling like I'm making a difference beyond just myself with, which right now my team's not around me. So I really don't have a purpose for why I'm doing what I'm doing. So 
when you kill those three things, obviously your, your motivation's dead. Right. <laughs> right? right. Like, it's obvious. Right. So, so my biggest concern was the mental health of all the kids. I'm like, more people will die from suicide or depression or go through these phases. That's going to affect the way that they think and the way that they interact with people for the rest of their life. Unless someone comes in there and gives them perspective and starts having conversations. Hey everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like, leave a review. We love those five star reviews. We're going to leave a one star. You can skip to the next podcast. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Sports Social Podcast Network.